Here we are again, Doug. Oh shit! Get that, get that good stretch in. Oh, yeah. You know, right as right as we start recording. <laughs> stretch it out. Ugh. Yeah, that's actually what I sound like when I come. <laughs> Head first, just diving uh, right in. I thought that was my most job. Most 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 women I've had sex with just tell me to shut up. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a mute button? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like pulling out their universal remotes. Like, why is this not working? Um, yeah, I guess my mute button is like when you like get up and start to get dressed and head towards the door. Hey, hey, hey. see, for me, it's right before that. That's how that's how I initiate that sequence. Is I mute myself. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna be annoying as shit, and then as soon as I see you start to get annoyed and leave, that's when I hit the mute button. I'm like, okay, I've that's done my good. job here. That's good. That's very tactical, very strategic. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> a piece of shit. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? All right, back for another. You want to ease into it? You want to tell us about your uh, movie watching experience this past week? Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was about to. I was okay. just about to say, what have you been up to, Caleb? But you beat me to it pretty much. I beat you to um, it. So yeah, I mean. This feels weird because we were just talking about this, but I'm cur- I'm I'm trying to take a break from TV, mm-hmm. just because we have to do this every week. Yeah, and I found that if I watch movies, mm-hmm. I don't leave the house and spend money. Oh, that's good. Which is fucking <laughs> awesome because it'll <laughs> eat up like two three hours of your time. Yeah, and um. And I've been so for Christmas I was given a Stanley Kubrick box set, mm-hmm. the masterpiece collection. So it has it has the has the Elite Eight. It doesn't have like a, what a, a Kissing Kills or whatever Killer's Kiss and the Killing and Paths of Glory, which I do want to find at some point in time. But like for whatever reason, people don't really consider that a part of like canon. I don't mm, know. Okay, it doesn't make okay. sense. I, I, I'm not I'm not aware of that, but okay. I mean, I only say that because, like, you, if you Google any box set for Stanley Kubrick, none of them include those first three movies. Okay, okay. And they also don't include uh, AI, but he was really only a producer on that. Mm, AI, yeah. That was, like, the movie that came out after he died because, like, he, he put out, um, he was editing Eyes Wide Shut when he died. Okay. All right. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've been watching. I watched. Uh, I've watched Lolita so far. I've watched um, 2001: Space Odyssey and Barry Lyndon, and all three of those were firsts for me. Yeah. Which, honestly, I can't believe that it's taken me so long to watch 2001. That one, because yeah, we were chatting. Like you mentioned, we were chatting about this before the podcast, and uh, that surprised me that you hadn't seen 2001. It seems like one that a lot of people either start with or like stop with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's interesting. That stop with, yeah, because mm-hmm. it is. It, it's dragging. It's slow. A lot yeah, of classical it's just music. like when you talk to people about Kubrick that aren't like film buffs, and I wouldn't consider myself a film buff at all, but I am definitely a Kubrick fan. Yeah, when you talk to people about Kubrick, they've seen like the big big three you know what i'm saying or like four it'd be like 2001 clockwork orange 
The Shining, yeah. and probably Eyes Wide Shut. Yep. Just because, mm-hmm. like, that one came out while we were alive. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the only one to come out while we were alive. Yeah. If you look at his, like, IMDb page, like, all of his films have really large gaps in them. But then I started to think about it. It makes sense because, like, he writes, produces, and directs all of his movies. Okay, yeah. Which is, like, fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, to be fair, like, Lolita and... And Clockwork Orange and um, um, The Shining were all based on books, right? You know so okay. he had like a he had a framework to go off yeah. of, but still had to write the entire screenplay. Yeah, he's the showrunner for his. He's a movie runner. Yeah, he is. He is. He is definitely a showrunner for his for his own brand. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I've I've kind of been obsessed with Kubrick ever since I saw Eyes Wide Shut when I was like 18 years old. And I mean, yes, like that orgy scene is like beautifully shot and it's like really air quotes sexy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I don't really know what's sexy about an orgy, but I mean, that's the way it's like meant to be like shown uh-huh. and animalistic almost. Teach their own. Yeah, t- teach their own. But ever since I saw that, I, I immediately was like, I need to go see The Shining. Yeah. And I think from there I saw Dr. Strangelove. But it's just like something about I mean it's his synesthesia, you know what I'm saying? Like the the collaboration of music and color and you know sight and everything like that mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like the way that he really works um 2001 with all that classical music. Oh right, yeah. I'm when the, when I was watching it I was just like good soundtrack. Yes. Like yeah. mm-hmm. an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. And it's really cool the way he uses sound and song cuz like in 2001, he uses the song 2001 uh, to, like, signify a, a shift in the storyline, mm. which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He did the same thing with Lolita. Lolita was, like, interesting, and it's a very well-done movie. This is going to sound really fucked up for me to say in 2018, but I really would like... To see it done in a modern way where you're able to show things without so much censorship. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, it's an in-depth story. And, like, Kubrick even said himself that if he had known the limitations that would have been put on his, like, storytelling ability, yeah. he wouldn't have done it. Because there's, like, okay. so much cut out of the book. Because, I mean, it's a fucked up book. It's about two pedophiles basically chasing this girl, you know, this underage girl. Yeah. And, uh, but they just like, since it was shot in like 62 or something like that, based on a book that was written in 55, it's, they leave so much out to, to play with the imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, honestly, I feel like when you watch it in 2018, it's even darker when you play with your imagination. Okay. Because yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. you know about all this fucked up shit in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when at the end of the movie you find out Lolita has been, like, taken to this fucking uh, ranch or whatever by uh, uh, Claire Claire Quilty, pedophile number one, uh, and he, like, forces her to, like, do this, like, sex tape or whatever, she, they kind of, like, play around with the language and you're just, like, it kind of, like, because then you start to think about it, really. Yeah, right. And it really fucking fucks with you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like if you were to show it, you could probably tone it down. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In somebody's mind to to 
to not force them to go to those extremes. Right. Because it's like, when you hear just, like, them, like, playing around with, like, the language that they use, you're like, yeah, he wanted her to do, like, a snuff film. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which probably isn't, isn't true. Yeah. It probably isn't to that extreme, yeah. you know, but that's where your mind goes. Right, right. It's just, like, the worst humanly possible thing because yeah. of the the nature of the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lolita is fucked up. Uh, Barry Lyndon incredible if you if, for anyone listening who's gotten eight minutes into this podcast i'm sure you're bored as shit by now uh if i know you're a i kubrick am fan and you, <laughs> yeah i figured as much <laughs> if um if you're a kubrick fan and you haven't watched barry linden go and go fucking watch barry linden after this is after you finish listening to this episode if you even get past if this. if you finish and if you don't finish then still watch it yeah, still watch it. Yeah, I mean, don't be turned off on the idea of a 17th century British period piece. It's an amazingly told story. Honestly, I put it in and I was like, I'm going to get bored with this 45 minutes in. And I was honestly gripped for three hours. Mm, nice. And I was like, wow. All right, good movie. Nice. And then the rest of my week is watching the rest of his movies. So that's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Very yeah. Nice. Kubrick. Genius, man. Yeah. Absolute fucking genius. Can't say a bad word about the guy. No, yeah. It's hard to. Until he has like mm-hmm. some sort of Me Too scandal come out, which is seems inevitable these God, days. I hope not, man. I mean, he is dead. Like, why slander a yeah, dead why? man's name? Yeah. Speaking of Me Too stuff, I just saw that uh, Maynard James Keenan was accused of no! raping a 17-year-old girl oh, in man. 2000. Oh, no. I was... Is it substantiated? Is it like it? I don't. I don't. Know, I haven't man. heard this. It, it's a. It was. It was someone on on Twitter claiming, but I'm. I'm 100 percent inclined to believe the victim. Right. Like, yeah. I have. You have to. I, I would rather. I'm not. I'm never. Ever. 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 Ever going to be the person who stands behind the, the accused. Racist. Yeah, I agree. I'm. Ne- How can never. you? Yeah. How can you? Like, it's like I read her story and like. I wanted to go throw up. Yeah. It I was I was real bummed. I mean, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a, a you know, a, a 9 inch nails fan or a ACP fan or anything like that. Yeah. But uh it was a bummer and it it, and it legitimately made me sick like yeah. what I read. Yeah. There's that there's there's that little piece of uh news, but political talk fits in perfectly for what we're about to talk yes. about. Yes. I also have I also have a semi political segue that'll kind of yeah, set up. I'll, I'll give this little segue and then you can launch right into our uh, yeah, our, intro. our intro. Yeah, but um, so this this will date the podcast, but we've already done that on like every episode, so I don't really care anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's um, all good. But yeah, this obviously we, we release this later than we record it, and because Doug actually is uh, a responsible adult, <laughs> and I record podcasts the week of whenever it's left up to my own devices. Um, but Doug has me on a schedule, which I appreciate. And so this uh, past weekend here in Minnesota was Pride, which is a perfect mm. setup. It was Pride everywhere. Yeah, yeah. right. But I, I know that like different cities kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think most cities. I think most people like have like decided on that weekend. Okay, you yeah, know yeah. What I'm saying because I, I saw I saw pictures and videos from everywhere. Yeah, 
it was a really big event here in Minnesota. The, the All the streets were backed up. I went out for it, and it took me literally an hour to find a parking spot just, like, within a block or, like, you know, a three-block radius of where I was trying to go. Um, yeah, but, that's crazy. But we've had a lot of lucky coincidences, happy mistakes on this podcast, such as landing... We haven't even really talked about this, but we, we choose our shows randomly, which is part of the premise of the whole blind pilots thing. We, we roll a die or we pick a number out of a hat. And so um, we just happened. Let's stop lying. We don't have any dice. <laughs> we don't have dice. <laughs> We're exclusively it just sounds good. on the paper out of a hat deal. Yeah, <laughs> which is uh, more primal and, and real. We're not even willing to drop a dollar to go buy a set of dice. No, I don't have... What, am I made of money? What <laughs> do I look how, like? That's how seriously we take this podcast. Oh, that's why. That's because we're serious about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we're serious about it. Yeah, but... So, yeah, we we luckily landed on, on a Marvel show with my neighbor who I didn't even realize was that into comic books, which was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked out... It's, yep. It sounds very rigged on the show. I've listened it to does. it back. It, it sounds like we, we planned that, but we genuinely did not... And I know I lie a lot, but that's as a like usually as jokes. But uh, but uh, that was that was a nice coincidence. And then this week, I, I it would be cool if we were actually dropping this, you know, during Pride. But but yeah, for me personally, like I went out and celebrated Pride with a bunch of friends. Come back, and now we're recording this show. What is this show, Doug? All right, guys. And that's our intro. Welcome back to another episode of Blind Pilots. You're about to hear spoilers for the Will and Grace reboot. Not the original, but the 2017 reboot. Uh, So if you'd like, you can go over to Hulu and find those episodes. Otherwise, please enjoy and know that you're about to hear spoilers for the Will and Grace reboot. Alright. So yeah, I mean, like you were saying, this show lines up perfectly with Pride and everything. Like yeah. you said, it won't be coming out in time, right? But we are recording it mm-hmm. around the time right. of the Pride parade. And I don't say that just like pretty awesome. obviously. There, there's a lot of um, you know LGBTQ affirming shows out now, but to me, this was even a bigger deal because this pioneered it, was kind of the it first, right? It's yeah. In my memory, I I didn't like Google this or anything, but in my memory, this was the first. Because my household as a kid, when this dropped, which I think was late 90s, I don't know, 97, 8, something like that. Um, But in my house, it was such a big taboo. Like, they made a sitcom with a a lead character. Like, there had been sitcoms maybe with tertiary characters before that were were on the LGBTQ, you know, in in that community. But but to have a, a lead character with his name in the title who was gay was, like, such a big deal. And... And so I, that, to me, makes it even more substantial that we landed on this when we landed on this. You know, for the longest time, I thought Dharma and Greg was also a show about, like, a, like a, like a monogamous, like a platonic, like, woman and gay best friend sort uh-huh. of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not. not at it's all. not. It's not at all. No. It's, it's another one of those shows I never watched. Um... So yeah, spoiler alert! I this is the very first episode of Dharma or not? <laughs> my, my mind is set on Dharma no, right yeah, now. Good. This is my very first episode of uh, Will and Grace that I've ever seen. So I'm a little bit like a fish out of water with this. Yeah, I, I knew I knew it existed. I knew it was. I knew it had something to do with LGBTQ. Um, I didn't know to what extent or, you know, who was even in it. I didn't mm. know anything about it. 
and watching this episode was like a fucking task <sighs> to okay. try and figure out who is who oh, sure. and what their relationships yes. is with each other. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I'm literally coming into a show that had been around for like 10 seasons. Yeah. And this pilot especially, I suspect the latter episodes aren't so much uh, in this vein, but the pilot was was just like 70% nods to the original viewers. To you could tell that the stuff, beats... It's yeah. like stuff that I, I could tell that it was like nods. Yes, right. But it didn't, it went whoop. Straight yep. over my head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to run it down really, really Do quick. Uh, just because I feel like if you're listening to this episode because you saw the name Will and Grace, you probably have watched the original series. Truth. So yep. I feel like there's not much to run down, but I will for anyone who, like yep. me, has never seen the show before. Perfect. Um, so you... Oh, shit. You've got Will... And you've got Grace, mm-hmm. who are best friends yep. and live together. Apparently, they—I guess at the end of the la- at the at the end of the original series—I guess they both married other people or yeah. whatever. They did like a season finale, essentially. You know, they they wrapped up all the loose ends. They tied everything up. Yeah, so I guess they were married or something, and then. This new episode, this new season, takes place eleven years later. It's not like it just ended and then they picked up right where it left off so will and grace are living together again they're divorced from their spouses you've got megan mullally who i guess has always been rich in the show and is married to some rich guy mm-hmm. she's still married super conservative you gotta say that yeah and then uh, jack who is the other gay character uh his his neighbor right yeah yeah he lives, he, like, across, lives the across the hall. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like their Kramer, I guess, or their their Joey. Yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Um, and they're all you know they're they're still doing their fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. I I feel like not a lot has changed because they set it up where like the end. Like they were trying to do like a like a, a new heart show thing, like where. Uh, fucking Megan Mullally's like all passed out in the very intro like she has that drink in her hand and she's like zonked you know zonked, what I'm saying yeah. and then they like wake her up and she's like oh my god was it I had this dream that Will and Grace got divorced from their their spouses and all this stuff and she, they're like no that that really happened you yeah. know and uh, and we're we're back living together and then she's like am I still rich and they're like, yes, you're still rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jack is just fucking cruising Tinder or Grinder. Grinder, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's just, he's just, he's doing his fucking thing, man. And I yeah. support that. Get that dick. You just did a, a, a power to the people symbol with your fist. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, power, power to it. Get that dick. Um, if that's, if that's what, if that's what makes you happy, do it to it. But, um. That's, I mean, that's the general rundown. I mean, for this particular episode, Grace, her interior design firm has been hired to remodel the Oval Office, um, and uh, Will is like has been having some sort of email communique with a. Uh, I'm assuming he's like a down, like a like a like a in the closet type, but it's a senator. He's a senator, yeah. Right. Senator. Yeah. 
It was unclear to me whether or not he was out. I wasn't really sure. I wasn't sure. It just kind of seemed that way because, I, I mean, it was clear that he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. They, they make that, like, abundantly clear because uh, Will's just like, can I really, like, yeah. fuck this dude who has the complete opposite exactly. political ideologies as mine? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's probably closeted. I, I mean, I don't want to make an assumption, but that uh, to me, that's the way it was yeah. kind of played. It was off. kind of a yeah, it was kind of a, a joke, I think maybe in the. In and the same premise. with that Secret Service agent, yeah, um, yeah, that obviously has some sort of past with Jack. Mm-hmm. But that's like the general rundown of the episode. Very nice. I mean, you know, like that's a very rough outline, and I mean, I feel like I covered it fairly well for oh, yeah. a twenty-minute show. You I know agree. what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me just say. God bless the laugh tracks. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just I just need to know when to laugh, especially if I'm not looking at it. I can just hear the laugh track and be like, laugh, uh, this me is too. what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. that reminds me. I'm going to try my first little derail rabbit hole here. Tell me about I this. Gonna, I, I meant to ask if you had any false inflammatory stories about me this time. Uh... Yeah, I was trying to save that for, like, a couple episodes down the road. I was trying to space that out. That didn't go too well. It went great for me, but... I, yeah, it went great for you. I do have empathy a little bit. Until I fucking reached out to Cameron. Yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, what the fuck, shit. Man? God damn it. All right, anyways, what uh, are you about to derail me on? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, how do you feel about this for, like, a sketch... Like, a just, like, a, a comedy sketch idea? So... Um, in the future, in like 20 years in the future, um, audience members from multicams, like, you know, uh, live studio audience members become like celebrities. Like they're really, really good at laughing at the right place and going, ah, and going, woo, get it. Dude, and- I, could, I could totally see that. Cause like on laugh tracks and shit like that, there's always one voice. Yes. That is like really, really distinct, and yes. you can pull it out every time because yeah. it's fairly the, it's pretty much the same yeah. laugh track every time. Uh-huh. It's like they took one long laugh track and then just like just sliced it up. It up you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And they're I don't all just... know how the fuck you would get people to laugh for that long. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like legitimately. Yeah. So then the laugh, like the laugh track, or you know the the live studio audience members become celebrities. And then, like, they have shows about them made, and then they have to have live studio audiences to react to their live studio audience reactions. And then it's just... So then it's just, like, an endless... Yeah. I'd probably watch that. It's like a Mr. Show kind of premise. What about, like, like America's Best Laugher or something like that? Oh, like American Idol? Yeah, <laughs> they like, like go up America's in front of the got judges talent or something. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, like they're like I can just see like they're like an interracial know. couple just kissed. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I set you up there. It didn't work. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, that, oh no, I was just quoting Randy, Randy, Randy Jackson. Oh, Randy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot mean, about he's Randy. Not on there anymore? No, but, I forgot about Randy. You, for you Simon Cowell. kids, you OG fucking American Idol kids. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Older millennials will get that reference. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. a no from me, dog. Yeah, dog. <sighs> he kind Man, of uh, um, popularized yeah. the uh, the modern pronoun dog. 
kind of yeah for yeah. sure i mean it, i feel like it obviously it existed within rap well, yeah. but he put it into the he put he it put into it, the zeitgeist exactly uh dude we cannot move any further in talking about this episode until we talk until we address just the overly political nature of this yeah they hit it kind of hard like i i mean obviously well i think it's probably pretty obvious i agreed with everything they were saying but oh, me they, too. they yes, after like the fifth reference it was like this isn't even like witty anymore you're just kind of you're kate you're pandering it's pandering it's pandering for sure i uh i when i was watching this the only thing i could think was like what's what's the best way to phrase this they only rebooted this show so that they would have something on TV to rail Trump into the ground. Okay, I don't, that, I don't fully agree it, with that, but I, I see where you're coming from. I see how you can I, assume I, that. I, yeah, I mean, there's obviously other reasons to reboot this show. Like, I'm sure fans were yeah. like really fucking pumped on it, right? But it seemed like they were just using it as a vehicle to pump out the liberal agenda, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with. But it sounds like you're not fine, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I am in a closet. It's, it's, it's very repressed. Um, but um, I, uh, I just feel that like it was. Uh, well, I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just a vehicle for them yeah. to pump out these political jokes that they've had sitting around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't seem like they're using because like. It doesn't seem like they're using it to progress the story of the right. characters. Yeah, and I do in that context. I like that they acknowledge that, and they said like Jack kept making jokes about I used to live across the hall from Will, and now I live Still across do. the hall from Will, and like yeah. they were like we we were single people, you know, hopelessly single, and then we got married, and now we're hopelessly single. Like they were acknowledging that yeah. they fell back into the like syndicatable, predictable sitcom pace yeah, of that things. Has really changed. Yeah. yeah, and they acknowledged that that was cool. As far as the yeah. political stuff goes, my I don't feel like this episode or, or the the series, which I guess this episode is your your reference for the series. Honestly, you know, I understand. I have where, no others. I have no other reference. I understand where you're coming from a, a million percent. I just feel like. Uh, I, I I feel like they rebooted the series because people wanted to see it again. But this oh, sure. pilot, this pilot though, I really I hope the rest of the series is not as on the nose politically. It's like for me, it's like we already know that you're progressive. We already know that you're liberal. This is the first like breaking TV show to get a bunch of great ratings that is about an openly gay man whose name is in the title of the show. And nowadays that sounds absurd. Now we have like a queer eye reboot. Now we have all this, you know, now that I'm so glad that that's not a weird thing anymore. But when it first came out, it was like Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore was the first show that was on a, you know, a big network that had a woman's name in the title and she was the lead and she was single I think she was divorced, or she just got a long term relationship. Was that before I Love Lucy? No, it was after I Love. It was well after I Love Lucy. That's a good point. But but she, but yeah. she, okay, I should have I should have said that's a good point. I should have said a single woman in the lead role because okay. she oh, yeah. she, she leans married, on yeah. Desi Arnaz, you know, so yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, and it is dope that her name is Lucille Ball and not 
I guess is her name Lucille Arnaz. Well, her real name is Lucille Ball, but I actually did. I was gonna. I was gonna kind of wedge this in there. I actually did hear someone refer to her the other day as Lucy Arnaz. Ooh. And I'm like, I'm like, eh, that's not her name. Ooh. <laughs> You're like doing her a huge disservice. Ooh, that's a slap. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. It's like that is not her name. Yeah, but just to just to finish my thought, um, I just feel like it's like. I'm, I already like you guys. I already know that you're progressive. Like, no shit, you're progressive. Why are you telling me over yeah. and over, 20 times throughout the episode, oh, remember, we're progressive. Remember, we don't like Trump. Like, no shit, you don't. Like, no shit. Yeah, you're exactly. a human who is at least, and they use the term woke in the show, so that's the only reason I'm going to use it. But you're woke. Oh, <laughs> just, Every time they, they said the word it. woke, I wanted to fucking throw up. That was honestly, man. Like, I understand that as as a newcomer to the show. But they were trying. They were taking the old format and peppering it with like modern terms and modern references, like the opening scene. Yeah. There, what's that game called when you have the name of somebody on your forehead? Oh, uh, um, fucking um, catchphrase. Is, Is it, it catchphrase? catchphrase? Uh, it's something like, it's something like that. It's almost like a, I know it's like on the iPhone. It's an app. I don't yeah. know what it is. Well, see, I used to play that with pieces of paper. You'd hold the paper on your forehead, but they're doing yeah, it with I'm an iPhone, thing, which yeah. is very modern. And all mm-hmm. of the names are modern. A lot of them are political figures. You know, yeah, so they're they're, they're, they're doing the old Smith. format. Yeah. yeah, they're doing the old format, but with new references. So they're. It reminded me a little bit of like, and this might be a bad comparison probably is but like the force awakens or something like they're taking the old format and just updating it and being like hey we're here for the new generation it's the same kind of pace that you're familiar with but we're gonna go ahead and 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 work in some new references and stuff and i was like okay i get it i acknowledge that but then they kept doing it throughout the episode and i wish that i wish that they just like confined it to that opening scene and it wasn't like just so drilling it into your mind i i've noticed other shows doing this thing but i I, it's funny because like i had a real problem with it with them doing it on this just because it it's like they took 11 years off and then they put this out you know what i'm saying yeah but i've watched i've been watching brooklyn 99 and i don't so much have a problem with brooklyn 99 doing it as because like they really do it in the in like season five which is the most recent one that finished Mm -hmm. and they're using terms like woke and talking about podcasts and shit. And I'm like, I get that because you're evolving with media as you, as you're on air. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, you took, you, they basically took like the last 11 years <laughs> and shoved it all into this Truth. fucking episode. Yeah. I, I agree with you know that grievance. Saying? Yeah. They talk mm-hmm. about Trump. They talk about Obama. They, they're fucking shoehorning and all this like yeah. media shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The iPhones. And and grinder, Great, yep. and mm-hmm. um, think things of of that nature. Yeah. You know if they what I'm if they I'm like if they constrain that to the first scene, I'd be like, okay, you're catching me up. This is what's been going on for the past eleven years. I like, get it. You're obviously caught up with the times. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, I right. Get it, but and because multicam episode. sitcoms are gimmicky. Like that's part of the genre. And mm-hmm. this is we didn't even mention this. This is our first multicam. You know, this is our first laugh track sitcom. Is, I guess yeah, yeah. That that we've watched for the show, and 
to me, like I'm excited to do more. Yeah, I'm. I'm because I, I don't like that as a format anymore. Like now that we have sitcoms that are single cam, that are more like cinematic, more you mm-hmm. know, I, I I prefer that. I, I don't like hearing a laugh track. You know, I, I can stand it with older shows. And when I know, like with Happy Days, for example, when like this was filmed in front of a live studio, it's like a, it's a play. In a theater, you're going to hear the people around you reacting to what you're watching. So it's almost like they, yeah. they set a camera at the back of a, of a theater, and they went on and did a play and edited it together. But when it's just like spliced in, obviously fake laughs, it's like, I'm not about that life. You know who does that best is uh, 30 Rock. They mm-hmm. don't do a laugh track, but they have those couple live episodes where they're legitimately oh. shot in front of a live audience. Yes, those live episodes. Those sound great because it's legitimate it's real yeah you know it, it's like snl it's an or actual yeah. reaction yes. yeah it's like SNL. i mean i hate snl and i think i've talked about that on yeah, here right but um I brought it up. yeah it's it's like snl you know what i'm saying yeah. i mean that which makes sense yeah because uh what's his name oh the lead the snl no 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 oh the, the, like lauren, lauren michaels lauren michaels lauren michaels does um 30 Rock as well. Yes, Or yes. did 30 Rock. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that makes sense. It all it all kind of rolls together, especially mm-hmm. with that crowd yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say that I found some of the more uh, lighter-handed political jokes to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's that... Okay, so there's the shot... When they're first in the Oval Office, you have Megan Mullally sitting on the couch exactly like Kellyanne Conway did, where her knees are, like, tucked under her, and you can almost see up her dress, (laughs) and I'm like, I... I literally had to, like, put my hand, my my face in my hands, because I was just like, god damn it, like, they... It was just... You could miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it. You could miss it. Yeah. You could definitely miss it, and I'm like, fucking good. Yeah. They should have. They should have leaned more into that. Yeah, just the really slight ones. I did like that little joke. They almost made it like when Megan Mullally is like the first time I was in this office. Me and Nancy were chasing Ronald around that desk, trying to get some protein, and I was like, "What body fluid has protein in it?" Yeah, they told him it was mint mint chocolate chip ice cream. Heads up, guys! It's come. So there you go. Yeah, um, I thought that was funny. Mentioning the Oval Office, um, I did think it was. Yes, it, yes, it was obvious. Yes, it was on the nose. But like, it was. It's bold having a reboot or any sort of pilot or even like first season episode. Maybe just pilot. It, it's bold shooting it in the Oval Office and then on top of that pulling it off decently. Like that is just such a bold thing they didn't re- they didn't have like an actor playing the president yeah not my president but like i said they had those really good light-handed jokes but then yes. they had really really heavy-handed ones too. i know yeah yeah there were some arguments going on in the writer's room oh yeah dude that writer's room must have just been a fucking like trump bashing train which yeah. sounds fun but sounds like it yeah. would get really annoying really quick like yes. i hate trump but like how long can you come up with Trump bashing? Yeah, it's right. probably for days, honestly, now and that I'm thinking about it. It's it's dated. I got this actually from watching an interview with Patton Oswalt. Um, I think it was for the Washington Post, maybe. But he was talking about how any joke 
about Trump is immediately dated because he just does something stupider the next week. So if you if you make a specific reference about him that's not really broad, then all of a sudden it's it's out outdated immediately because he's just going to do something else. Oh, I mean, totally. I mean, this this was obviously shot in the beginning of 2017. Mm-hmm. Like probably it probably started to shoot whenever he was taking office. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then came out in September of last year. So, you, I mean, you can tell it's dated because, like, nobody is obsessed with calling Trump a Cheeto anymore. Right, yeah. That was and an that, interesting that is a, joke. that is a very, like, heavy-handed joke that they make because yeah. uh, Grace, uh, what's her name, Deborah Messing's character... Mm-hmm. She's redesigning redesigning the Oval Office, and she like pulls. She she's like Megan. She tells Megan Mullally to hold fabric swatches. The swatch, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I need to make sure that it matches his tone, and then blatantly turns the bag of Cheetos towards the camera. Yeah, product placement. Opens the bag, takes out a Cheeto, and then holds it next to this color swatch, and is like, "Yep, that works." Yeah, which at the time was probably really clever when they wrote it. But now yeah, exactly. It's, but yeah. now it's just like, bruh. Even in even September of 2017, it was probably like, bruh. This yeah. is, it seems a little dated. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, it's. Yeah. Um, I would love it. I would have loved it if they had brought in a Trump impersonator <laughs> to be in the episode. Would you? Yeah. Who Who do you cast in that role? What's the what What's the guy in fucking um, Thirty Rock? Who, oh, Alec, Alec Baldwin? On, Alec Baldwin. He had been playing him on SNL, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good call. I like that. Okay. To like to see them bash Trump to his hypothetical face would be just right. Yeah. And that would have dated it, but probably been worth it. Because Trump is constantly shifting. Yeah. I feel like it would have it would have been it would have been really heavy handed as well, but yeah. the rest of the episode's heavy handed, so yeah, fuck right. it, why not? You know? I agree. Like, no, that's a good call. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, this, uh, there's so much of it that I found to be a little cringeworthy. Mm. Just, just. Like, what are you thinking? I think it was more the idea that made me cringe. Because when I started to watch this, as a show that's been rebooted after 11 years of being off Mm -hmm. air, it really made me sad to think about what could probably happen to, like, friends. Ah, or yeah. um, mm-hmm. something like that. Have you seen the? Have you seen Fuller House? Have you seen what? The Full House reboot. That's another. I didn't even watch that, and I don't. I like. I loved Full House. Yeah. as a kid, I've watched every episode of it. Really? Yes, I, I haven't have. heard one good word, word about Fuller House. Yeah, it's just nostalgic, and. I okay. mean, it, like I said, I'm not a huge anymore. I'm not a huge multicam fan. When we were kids, that was about the only option for a sitcom. You yeah, know, for I sure. think it I was, mean, wasn't it? I mean, especially if you like watched like ABC Family when you got off uh, yep. off school. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's yeah. like it was like fucking Seventh Heaven and Fuller Hat Full House. Seventh and, Heaven, uh, but Seventh Heaven was a drama. Like that. It was single I mean, cam, but yeah, it was a drama. It, it was a drama. But that was dude, just something that how attractive ABC is that family? family like ran that block. Can we do a Mary Fuck Kill of Seventh Heaven sometime? Because, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll sound like a perv because all those girls are super young now. But as a child, they were about old old enough to be my babysitters. And so that just added I feel like we could look at it subjectively as them as adults. Oh, I think I just dug us a hole. Because adult Lucy was... Well, they were all 
by the end of the show, I feel like they were all adults. By the end, yeah, they're probably yeah, they're all, all over eighteen for sure. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't do it with the pilot episode. No, I'm not Mary talking Kill about the pilot episode. Like, <laughs> you did a fuck Mary kill for the very last season. Fair for the game. last, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, I mean, obviously, you're gonna kill fucking Pastor Eric or whatever. You know, the, oh my the god, because he's a fucking. Now we know that he's a fucking child molester. Yeah, I mean, even in the show, I don't get like, oh, he's a pat like. Because he yeah, he's like trying know. to he's not like a super radical pa- like I like radical pastors you know this about me yeah he's very down the middle yeah he's just down it's like oh I forgot that you were a pastor but you're apparently really all about that and then yeah you have to keep reminding and, me if if a character has to keep reminding me about their own attributes they're not very well written <laughs> yeah <laughs> every episode they have to like write in a line where he's like I'm a pastor I'm a pastor. I am still a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, then we find out that he's a, the whole time when he's doing this show, he's fucking touching kids and shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, fucking great, guys. It's like a like, Cosby show retcon thing. Like, oh, well, you're not fucking supposed to. done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's another another tale for another time. Yes. Um, it just it made me it just made me worry about like shows that I legitimately love because I could only imagine that like. If I, if I was, me and my, the way I think about TV and stuff like that, if I had actually watched Will and Grace Uh back in the day and loved it, I would probably hate this, but I I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like you took something that you, that was like perfect. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's ended and it's wrapped up and then you're just like, we need more money. Mm -hmm. So let's pump out this shit. Yeah. It does have a sequel vibe. They're reusing, you know, beats and catchphrases and like the structure and everything. Yeah. Which the structure itself isn't super super original. The characters no. are funny. Their dynamics are funny. Why is this super conservative chick hanging out with two gay guys and and a liberal lady? You know, like yeah, yeah. It, it's kind I'm, of a funny I, premise, but but like you're saying, it exists in a weird. I totally agree. It exists in a weird gray area. I can't speak to the mind of a super fan because I was never a super fan I just as a kid it was like almost rebellious for me to watch episodes of it and it was like this is really funny and really thought provoking and maybe you can shed some light on this for me you brought it up why the fuck is Megan Mullally's character even hanging out with him yeah like it makes no sense to me like I said this is me as someone who's never watched any other episode but like it makes no sense why she's friends with them yeah I think this is something that's kind of been in in my my personal atmosphere here recently is like and I I I don't say this as a bash on conservatives like I see my mom a lot in Meg Mullally's character like my, my mom she's super conservative but it's almost like if she just let down all of her guards and was totally true to herself she probably wouldn't be just kind of spouting rhetoric that she's hurt she's not you know she would probably wouldn't be regurgitating fox news essentially like she doesn't hate gay people but god told her that it's a bad thing so she she says that she thinks it's a bad thing but it's like she's not a hateful person she's just kind of got her brain loaded with all this rhetoric that just kind of overflows yeah. or whatever i think that's why i think that's the dynamic of her the character's name is karen i think that's her dynamic is that she yeah her name's karen yeah she yeah i think she she's just kind of she's not stupid maybe ignorant and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean just like uh, uninformed 
I don't know if there maybe might be a better word, but she's just not, you know, because she has, she doesn't really want to stop, like, you know, Will or Jack from marrying whoever they want to, but she, for whatever reason, aligns herself with this political agenda that says maybe the opposite of what she really thinks. I don't know. She might be the most interesting kind of complex character as far as a commentary on you know on uh, the modern political climate without maybe even being intentional like she's kind of she's kind of the clown she's kind of the doofus but it's like well what's her real motivation here like like you said like why is she hanging out with these people is it absurd or is there a further kind of commentary going on here since we're on the topic of Megan Mullally can i just say <laughs> that her voice is yeah. 10 times more annoying in this show than anything else she's ever done. It's bad. It I I thought her like initially when I very first saw her for the first time on Parks and Rec cuz that was my initial introduction yeah. to who she is. I thought her voice was annoying on Parks mm-hmm. and then I got used to it mm-hmm. and we we both just discovered that she does she voices Gail, Gail on yeah. Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. which I've never really found to be super abrasive. Mm-hmm. But then she opens her mouth in this show, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's, it's like she took her normal voice and turned up the annoying. Yes, yeah. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a multi-cam sitcom. That's like, you know, it's goofy. But I agree a million percent. I agree a million percent. It's annoying as fuck. And um, it reminds me of, uh, what's her name from Friends? Janet, is it? Uh, oh Sham- yeah, 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 yeah! Fucking um, uh, Chandler's uh, Chandler's on and off. Yes, yes, yes. Love interest because yeah. like that actress, you hear her voice normally. Like she's in cur- some episodes of Curb, and I'm, I can't think of what else. She does a lot of yeah, yeah. But um, isn't she the nanny? Am I wrong about that, or was that somebody else? The nanny. Oh no, 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 no! no. Like, in Curb, no, no, no. The Looney Tunes obsessed nanny. No, she's the, she, she, she's the LOL girl. They're at that dinner party, and she keeps saying LOL instead of laughing. And then the daughter blackmails Larry into confronting her about it. Oh, no, 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 no. There was a show called The Nanny. Oh. Oh, the, the reality show? Oh, the, oh, no, no, the no. sitcom there like The a, Nanny. There was like a sitcom oh, show the, called oh, The Nanny. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't watch that. I know what you're talking about now, though. Uh, oh, Her name's Janice on Friends, not Janet. Janice. But, you know, okay, it, okay. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um... I've just seen what else she's been in. She's been in a lot of shit, honestly. The the lady that plays Janice. Yeah. She was actually in an episode of Will and Grace. Oh. Wow. Well, the, that would oh, be a, in the in the original series. That would be an anno- I haven't seen that one. That would be an annoying episode as far as voice actors <laughs> the voices go. <laughs> Fucking chills up my spine. But Jesus yeah, Christ. Her voice honestly normally is a little bit tinny and a little bit nasally and annoying but in friends she tur- she dials it up and like you know exploits her annoying uh tones the pitches of her voice much like megan mullally yeah i uh megan mullally is super hot and everything i just i don't know how nick offerman does it <laughs> props to him though yeah if you hear this nick props to you bro yeah you we'll let you be a guest in our podcast, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, if if you're listening to this, you can definitely come on the podcast and I will not talk about how hot your wife is. Unless <laughs> you want me to. Well, you probably probably will. 
honestly, they seem very open sexually. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's down. I'm down. I mean, hey, Nick, this is this goes out. If you can get this message to Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally, mm-hmm. Nick, Megan, if you want me to watch you guys have sex, I would be into that. Yeah. That's all you would do is watch? Yeah, just watch. You know, maybe eat a sandwich in the corner. You, know. you wouldn't get involved? Uh, I think it'd be more fun to watch, honestly. I'd hop in there, bro. <laughs> I mean, maybe if, like, maybe if Nick, like, gave me the eyebrows. Okay. When you made that orgy <laughs> reference earlier and I said to each his own, I was talking about me, bro. Ah, yes. I figured as much. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to <laughs> clarify so we all know. I'm hopping in there, oh, baby. fuck. Fran Drescher plays the nanny, and she has a super annoying voice, too. Okay. Okay. That, sorry, I, that 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 was stuck in my head. I yeah, you got to complete needed the loop. needed to look that up and get it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what else about... I mean, I think I feel like the plot, it's, it's you know, it's a basic sitcom plot. It's not... You know, the beats are predictable. Um, you know, I mean, I was, like, literally mouthing lines with the leads as they said them, because it's like, okay... Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do that. You know, it's just like, it was just so predictable. It's stuck to format. Yeah. It, there were definitely a couple of predictable lines. I think it was at the end after Jack is like hanging out with that secret security yeah. officer or whatever yeah. agent. Mm-hmm. And um, is it Grace or is it Karen? One of them is like, I hope you got serviced. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes, goes, it's a secret. It's a secret, yeah. <laughs> that was just like, obviously. I was like, that was very on beat and very, pre- very predictable. Mm-hmm. But I laughed. I laughed too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, there were a couple points where I like legitimately laughed. I, I thought it was, I yeah. thought it was really good. I think they did it pretty well, honestly. Like, it's, it's. Yeah, I don't know if they sure. should have done it. I don't know. And maybe they should have yeah. let you know, Sleeping Dogs lie. Maybe they should have left it as it was and not returned to it. But. Because they I just did feel it, feel like they could have written something that wasn't political, man. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, they they came out swinging, and they didn't need to. They already had. Yeah, it's like they could have either tried to hook new viewers by by like kind of revamping the dynamics of the characters, maybe maybe adding a new character or two. Because honestly, and we'll get into this with our segments later too. I, for me, anyway, but like you didn't really meet any tertiary or background characters apart from will's love interest and and jacks apart from like this the senator and the secret security guy yeah. you know or secret service guy you, you didn't really you didn't meet anybody else in the in this episode it was really just about the four main characters and um which is probably how they should have done it honestly you know what i'm saying but i i'm just saying they could have either revamped it and and given you some new flavors or just stuck with the old format, but they decided to try to update the old stuff with, with all, like you said, the political stuff. And it was just in a weird purgatory for me. It was like, are you trying to appeal to a new audience? Are you just exclusively trying to appease your old fans? They should have gone with one or the other. They were trying to play both at once, I think. Yeah. I mean, but they, they also like weren't, I guess they like, they were kind of taking stabs at people who don't watch the show, so I guess it wouldn't really matter. But there's that point because they're not just bashing on Trump; they bash on Trump supporters as well. Yes, there's that like a uh, little. It's it's a little joke. I mean, 
it's definitely not one you could miss if you were paying attention. But it's when Jack is talking to that Secret Service agent who plays Teddy in uh, 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 Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. deep cut. Yeah. Um, he says something. He's like, "Oh, it's it's nothing compared to protecting the last president because all the all the nut jobs that were trying to attack him is his supporter." I kind of like that. I'm joke. Just like, no, I thought no, it definitely made me laugh. Yeah, I'm just saying that was like purposefully alienating an entire crowd that yes. already doesn't watch the show so it almost felt unneeded yeah i agree i agree yeah that's like you know i was saying, saying there it's like we know you're liberal we know you're progressive like why are you trying to convince us that you are we know this like that's yeah, the whole premise like, of the show no what, i agree what station is this on, uh, on. nbc nbc nbc, NBC. Uh, see that's the thing is nbc like i can't tell if NBC is using that as like a fucking train, as a as a fucking brainwash tool to be like, our station is very liberal, right? You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe when, maybe it was more of a NBC move than the show. It's super possible to like try a and shift thing. the viewers' minds because yeah. like uh, millennials, myself included, pretty much see every large corporation and news outlet, which NBC is. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's, yeah. it's obviously a TV channel, but primarily it's a news right. outlet these days yeah you see any news outlet is like biased yes yeah and typically with even if they say they lean liberal usually the fucking they're CEOs making money of these companies make money and are essentially going to support whatever fucking candidate is going to predict that money yes probably going to be conservative that's a great take on that. I bet it was a lot of production being like, hey, we need more politics in this episode. We, I bet you're need, right. we need people to think that we're on this liberal train. Yeah. Like, I bet you're right about that, man. So That's a good observation. I, I would be curious to watch other episodes in this season to see if it stays. Yeah. I don't on think On this it can. weird political train. If it does, I'm out. I mean, if it, yeah, I mean, immediately I'm done. Yeah. That being said, I could see myself going back and watching the original 10 seasons. Okay. Wow, that's that's a good that's a good plug. Should we roll into into our ending segments right now? Like are we getting there? Um uh, m- 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 I mean we're already at fifty four minutes. Yeah. I mean it sounds like you're you're kinda giving a little wrap up, which I feel like oh, is natural. No no no. Like, I, I, no, no, no. I, I wasn't I mean I wasn't trying to wrap it up. But it but seemed natural. I, it was a good Yeah, it's just how I feel because yeah. like I uh, based on that one, if you take out all the politics and shit, I could if if that episode hadn't been super politically uh, charged, yeah, I would have. I one hundred percent would have come out of that and been like, "I'm gonna go check out the other seasons." Yeah, right. And it wasn't even that it conflicted with your politics. It was just that it was like laborious. Yeah, it was just heavy. Yeah, yeah, it was just heavy, man. I just like, <sighs> like yeah. I felt exhausted after watching that yeah. twenty minutes with stuff like that, and I. I have authority issues, and this might play into it, but I, I feel insulted when someone is just like, this is obvious, this is obvious. Hey, psst, yeah. it's a secret, but it's obvious. It's like, I get it, okay? I get it. Like, enough already. I know, I know. Just give me give me something more subtle. Give me something I have to think about. Give me a, a puzzle. Don't just lay it Which is why I've been watching out. Kubrick films. <laughs> yes, right. I just, um... I don't know, man. I, um... What was I? I was gonna say something. I, I I blanked. You had a good point, and I blanked. 
Oh, it obviously okay. wasn't important. Should we should we do Mary Fuck Kill? I don't even know how to approach this, honestly. Uh could. Realistically. We speaking. do have you came up with a great news segment, but I feel like we have to do that after blindfolds. I'm just thinking out loud right now. Uh we should probably yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. should have talked about this. But uh <laughs> We can do fuck Mary Kill if you want. Okay, let's do it. I guess I brought it up, I'll go first. I uh, I'm having a hard time with this one. Um I would probably Mary will He's he's really witty and funny, um, and he's real stable, too. Um, yeah, he's like an architect or something yeah. like that, right? Grace is living with him. Jack is across the, the hall oh, no, from him. Oh, no, he's a lawyer. Sorry, he's a lawyer. He's a, yeah, so he's, he's a suit of, of some distinction. But yeah. he's, unlike the senator, he's not repressed. You know, but he's not like uh, you know. He, he's very confident, I guess. Um, he's yeah. He's got a good head on his shoulders. So um, fuck, I'm fuck. I'm having the hardest time with. I guess I'm gonna put that off. Uh, kill. I don't want to say Karen because she reminds me so much of of my family, but I don't know the other <laughs> options. <laughs> Caleb, you want to kill your whole family? I don't though. It's just I'm gonna, it's, I'm who gonna do, make who sure you I... end up on a watch list after this. <laughs> NSA. <laughs> uh, serial killer material right here. Ladies I just and gentlemen. Who, I don't know who else to like. Okay, how about this? I'll kill Trump. He was a, a kind of a peripheral character. I'd say so. I don't know. That'll put me on an even worse of a watch list. <laughs> no comment from Doug. No comment. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a watch list worthy of being on. Hey, I'll die proudly in a in a jail this, cell. This whole podcast just got red flagged. Yeah. Hey, they'll in- <laughs> we'll get us some new listeners. <laughs> the NSA. Agents. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll get some get some pro Trump hate on this podcast and we'll get fucking shot into the stratosphere there we go of popularity for um you know having a fairly common belief oh yeah that any <laughs> sane person has yeah yeah exactly oh isn't that, boy isn't that how it works yeah i don't know who to dude i don't know who to fuck because i'm really not that attracted to grace i'm not dude deborah messing's a babe Since i know you like that, her i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck grace I'm gonna fuck the shit out of Debra Messing. Okay. I'm gonna marry Will just because he's got that stability and that money. Yeah. <sighs> Man, who are you gonna kill? Yeah, I gotta kill Karen. I just gotta. Whoa! She, Hating on me, and now here he comes. I just gotta kill Karen, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, but Karen doesn't represent my family. I'm only giving you shit because yeah, you sound like that's a fair. serial killer. That's very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> that's very fair. I I earned that one. Serial killer who bites into a string cheese, you fucking weirdo. I've never bitten into string cheese, so you need to Don't back up. Don't fucking lie to our audience right now. Back up. Take two steps you back. You and your string cheese and your hot salad. Okay. Okay, uh, this is a cover of a Doughboys podcast. <laughs> We're now a cover band podcast. I like to play Nick and Mitch in yeah, the same episode. This is confusing it's, it's me nice. now because I know you're Burger Brigade, and now you're coming at me. This is very strange. <laughs> this is really weird. I don't know how to react. I am a Gemini, so I have two sides to me. Ooh, you, know you are saying? dualistic. Yeah, yeah, I am. That's true. 
But yeah, I one hundred percent. Do you don't you don't find Deborah Messing attractive? She, I think she she's really too skinny, big. man. She's got she's some big, weird. Man. Weird nose and face. I don't know. I'd find her character, like her personality, attractive, but I'd be closer to marrying her than than fucking her in this game, in this segment. She's also a redhead, and I, I you do it you do like them. I like redheads I too, like but her red hair seems kind of dyed to me. It seems kind of a little bit phony. I don't know. I'm looking at a picture of her from 2014, and it's like is it the an same auburn kind of red? Color. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, Unless I, she just like keeps it. Fucking died perfect, you know what I'm saying? Like, which is yeah, all, all when you're the in time, which is possible. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it seems like her natural color. Okay, okay. I I didn't get my fuck. I guess here here we go. I'm gonna fuck. I don't really have any. I have I've gone through all my options. I'll fuck. I was gonna. You know what? I just thought about it. I was gonna say I'll fuck Jack just for the pillow talk because he's hilarious. But I'm gonna fuck the secret secu- the secret service guy because. He'll keep it on the DL. He ain't gonna tell nobody. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of wanted to shoot to kill him just because, like, first off, I mean... Come out, bro. Come out. I mean, not even to do with that. I mean, just... Well... He's a Secret Service agent. That's some badass shit. You have to be, like, secret ops. Oh, to yeah. Take se- to take out a Secret Service agent. Well, he knows how to keep it on the real DL. I mean, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I also like fucking hate his character in Brooklyn Nine Nine, so <laughs> I think I just more despise that actor. You don't like that actor that just plays. in general, huh? You don't like him as an actor? Oh no 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 no! I I meant so much like as an actor in the roles he plays. Like I feel oh, like I see. he plays really hateable roles. Yeah, that's true. I can't believe I, mean, I don't I know his I name. I hate him in this, but I definitely hate him in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, he's like just the most boring piece of shit character. That's, yeah. I think that's kind of the, the shtick. But that's the point of yeah. his character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right, right, right. But, yeah. He's a I good mean, actor, I It's think. just like... He's a great if actor. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if I like... If I knew his... If he was a real... If that was a real character... If that was... Like, yeah, his yeah, character yeah. was uh-huh, a real uh-huh. person... Yeah. I would just be like, get this fucking loser <laughs> out of my face, man. So you're gonna kill him like, based on a past life transgression. You're not gonna kill him yeah. based on his current incarnation as the se- the secret, secret service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like if if like the storylines were like in the same universe yeah, yeah. and like Teddy Teddy's character <laughs> has like rose up through the ranks of the NYPD uh-huh. and has gotten selected oh, as sense. secret service and Teddy is now secret service in Will and Grace done i'm out i like this he's, he's gone he's i gone. like the absurdity the winding trail of this i love it <laughs> i'm so rock hard <laughs> do describe your penis one more time for the audience uh it has a little bit of a lilt to it, it goes off to i think most do to it, it goes off to my to stage left um that, is that your right? <laughs> no, that's my left as an actor. I'm the actor. Oh, okay. So it and just goes to the left. To oh, my you said left. Stage right? No, it goes to stage, stage right? left. To my left. Stage left is your left? Yes. I thought stage directions were from the director's point of view. No, they're, they're from the actor's point of view. Oh, okay. Yeah. A theater kid. Shows what I know. You, you asked me. <laughs> well, I'm not proud of this knowledge. I. My parents put me in community theater when I was in first grade, and I stayed in it until the end of high school. 
This explains a lot about you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? I'm always on. <laughs> it truly does. It truly yeah. does. This, honestly, it? your personality makes so much more sense. Wow. <laughs> after, after learning that. Illuminating. It, I feel like my world has been turned upside down. <laughs> I, I used to be like, Caleb's just, he's a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But now I'm like, Caleb's a weird guy, but he was in theater for like fucking 15 years of his yeah. life. So yep. this, uh, it makes sense. You non-stop. Know? Like, yeah, I can non-stop. quote he's always on. the entirety of Macbeth to you and a good chunk of fuck. Romeo and Juliet. Sh- shut the fuck up. I'm not going to. Shut the fuck up. That's a threat. That is a threat. I know. I, I Now that I know that you have that like, Locked and loaded. I'm just like I need to not piss him off anytime. Is this soon. a dagger I see before me? The handle towards my hand. Come, let me clutch. And thee. that dagger is fucking etched with shitty words from Shakespeare. Shitty. Oh, Doug. Oh boy. This is a mini oh, episode right here. Oh, we got a mini boy. episode. Yeah, we can talk. do. A, we can do a bonus episode where we talk about Shakespeare sometime. That sounds great. Um. No, it doesn't. It sounds no, it so doesn't. boring. It sounds fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> We won't, we'll talk about it for like five minutes and then we'll just <laughs> talk about something else. Yeah, derail it completely. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like we've we've effectively covered Fuck, Mary Kill. Yeah. Um, blindfolds? Yeah, I think so. I think we, we've done a good job kind of whittling down our segments. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. We're yeah. getting there. We kind of touch, effectively we touch on a lot of the segments during the conversation now, during the discussion. Which is, of the, which is good. Yeah, I think that's good. good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Why don't you take away our, blind, our blindfolds here? Okay. So, I feel like my judgment's going to be a little bit skewed. Yeah. You've done a good job setting it up, though, like, talking about how you would want to watch the earlier, more or it, the original. Yeah. I do feel, I, and I'm not judging any, I'm, I'm not judging anything else. I'm, obviously, I, I'm not judging the fact that I maybe want to re, or not rewatch, but watch the original. I found out it's only eight seasons, not ten, sorry. Uh, so, it. This is not based on me maybe wanting to watch the first eight seasons. I'm going to strictly judge the pilot yeah. for this reboot mm-hmm. series. And it and obviously my and like like I said, my judgment's a little skewed because I don't have any sort of reference well, to base this off. You of. know, that's perfect for the premise of the show though. You're truly blind going into this. I, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. This pilot for this reboot I'm gonna say three and a half blindfolds, and I, and I mm. want to mm. let's reiterate this for for in case new people are listening. Uh, a zero is the best score it can get. Means you want to watch this show. You're glued to the fucking TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five blindfolds. Uh, <laughs> complete yeah. shit. Yep. Complete shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're working on a reversed system. So. I'm gonna say three blindfolds. Mm-hmm. Three, okay, not three and a half. Oh, did I say three and a half originally? I, I think you did. Yes. That's what I okay, heard. Okay, well, either way, three and a half. We'll we'll go three and a half. Just okay. that feels that feels right, honestly. Okay, all right. This one pilot, it if you had never watched any of the show and you're like fucking sixteen years old and you just put this on, it does not do. A good it's made for fans, you know what I'm saying? It's not made for first time watchers. Mm-hmm. It does not do a good job of setting up characters. 
It doesn't do a good job setting up relationships. That's true. You kind of just have to, like, pick it up in the first, like, two minutes of the show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, two minutes in, they completely moved away from setting up characters because they don't need to. Yeah. And two minutes in, I was immediately on Wikipedia trying to figure out how everyone was related. The dynamics. To each yeah. other. The dynamics of how, yeah. how what their relationships are working on. That's a good point. I do think it's heavy-handed in the political stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did find some of it funny, mm-hmm. but you don't need to watch it. Yeah. It's it, like, you can have this on in the background. Yeah. It'll tell you when to laugh. It'll tell you when to laugh. You'll yeah. probably laugh with it. If you're just listening to it, you don't need to watch it. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan, watch it. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like a fan would probably give this a much lower score. So how many, how many earplugs would you give it? How about that? Because you said you, you got to listen to it. I mean, you don't even really have to listen to it. Okay. But if you like had to listen to it, probably like one and a half. You okay. Know what I'm That's interesting. Like, okay. I like that nuance. There's a lot of a lot of shit you can leave out. Yeah. But like the heavy-handed political shit, yeah. the dated political shit, the Cheeto stuff. Yeah. The 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 fucking. Um, yeah, the all the 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 weird political shit that Megan Mullally's talking about. Yeah, chuck it out the window. Don't need it. Um, yeah, I it, it's just um, I don't know, man. Three and a half is where I'm sitting at. That's because yeah, like, that's fair, man. It's just such. I don't think that. This is this is me looking in the future and saying that I've watched all eight seasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I do watch all eight seasons, I'm going to come out of that and know that what happens in the reboot, you know, yeah. initially in the pilot. But I feel yeah. like I'm going to come out of those eight seasons and be like, "This is not needed." Yes, no, like it's, yeah. It almost it, I, if I was a fan, I would probably come out of it and be like, "This 2017 season is not canon." Yeah, Does they, they live happily ever after in the end of the... I mean, you haven't even seen it Which in your, you know fine. that. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's that's yeah. fine. They you know wrapped it up. Like, they, uh, yeah, and then they undid if they it. Were to, yeah. If they were to do a fucking Friends reboot, like, 20 years in the future, I'm yeah. like, why the, f- why I know. the fuck? I know. Like, you wrapped it up so nice. Yeah, this is a lot like The Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like, unnecessary. We, it decanonizes. Why did we need Force Awakens? Why yeah. did we need Rogue One? Why did we well, like need the final Jedi or the last Jedi or whatever the fuck it's called? Why do we need this number 10 that's going to come out? Right. It's all so fucking unnecessary. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good rundown, man. I just, I don't think that, I don't see a fan being like, this is essential. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's very... You're giving me a shot of uh, postmodern objectivity right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like fucking... It, it, take a fucking, like, a, a Friday the 13th fan. Yeah. A Jason fan. Yeah. Those people who love the original movies aren't watching these fucking remakes. Yeah. They're, they don't see it as canon. That's true. Like, canon for Jason pretty much stops with, like, Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. I think that's the last one that came out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For all this reboot shit. Yeah. It's I just don't see why it's necessary. No, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. Um, I feel like 
this this I'm glad that you went first because this has shed a lot a lot of light on it for me and kind of answered the question who is this for? I think it's for someone in my spot where you're familiar with the characters. I haven't seen I haven't seen close to every episode of the original. I know their dynamics already going into it. I know who's who. You had to Wikipedia it. That's a pain in the ass. Um, if I had seen all eight seasons of the original, I probably would like it a lot less because it'd be like redundant. It, I'd even it'd be even more predictable. I think it's made for someone close to my space where you're familiar with it uh, and 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 who's who. I know you know a little bit of the history with like. Jack and Will. I mean, their their dynamic is very interesting because not only is the lead character an out gay man, but but his like best friend across the hall is also out, but they're not a couple, and like that's a very you know that's a very progressive Which is something dynamic. I didn't understand when I first started watching this. Yeah. I I was under the impression that Jack and Will were dating. Yeah, and I'm like, it's kind of cool that they're not they're, though, right? Uh, no, it's. It's totally cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's neat. It's like it's like clever that they're not because it's it's yeah. like oh, two gay guys in a show. Obviously, they're dating, but no, like you know, I don't know. Well, like I was thrown off because like I mean, how do I walk myself around this? There was a point in the very beginning where Will calls Jack like darling or something like oh, that, right. which is typically a like a, a non-platonic term. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But different communities use it a little bit yeah, differently. Sure, sure, sure. You know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, he like put his arm around him and said darling or something like that. But while that is going on, Jack's swiping through Tinder, and I'm like, okay, are they in an open relationship? Open, yeah. Like, what is the yeah. character dynamic here? Like, what's yeah. their relationship? And then you find... I, like I said, I had to Wikipedia, and I find out they're just friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. I think right. that's like... But, that's even more progressive. Like, it'd be a, a huge deal when this initially aired. I have to say that. When this aired, it would be a huge deal. It was a huge deal just to have a leading gay man, but then... Or character, because... Mm-hmm. But, uh... But on top of that, to have a platonic relationship between two gay men is even more forward thinking, I think. And, you know, they just kind of dove in and I really respect that. And it's going to be hard for me to rate this. I mean, I can't. I can't rate it without taking into consideration my my knowledge about it. One more point. Yeah, go for it. Not only is it a show that that, um, showcases two strong, prominent gay characters. Yeah. The other characters around them are supportive. Yes. I don't know what goes on in the original eight seasons, but it seems like there's no one around them being like, what you're doing is wrong, which is awesome. Even the conservative character. That's a great point. Yeah. Even the conservative character is like, fuck yeah, do you pride. You know what I'm saying? For sure, bro. There's no political kind of pushback, like being gay is wrong sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It fully... There's no Tim Allen... Not only does it showcase it, but it fully supports it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is tight. Also, before you give your rating, yeah. I think you brought up a really good point about uh, how that it's designed for someone who just kind of has like a peripheral knowledge mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, the show. Mm-hmm. I think a Friends reboot would be exactly the same way. Like, they wouldn't be making a Friends reboot for people who watched friends religiously while it was on tv they'd really be making it for the kids 
mm-hmm. of the people of, who religiously ooh. watched it on TV mm-hmm. because like their kids are probably have been around it a little bit you know we're all in our late 20s a lot of people who really loved the show have it on DVD or watch it yep. on Netflix you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. and um, the kids will probably be introduced to it by their millennial parents you know what I'm saying at yeah. some point in time and just kind of have a peripheral knowledge they don't really have like a a structure of like the cultural impact that it had, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. you know, like Ross and they know Ross and Rachel and the the general characters of it, you know what I'm saying? But yes. like really that the Ross Rachel relationship. Yeah, like, right. Because right, that's right. something that's referenced a lot in pop culture. Yes. So like a friends reboot along with this is like made for people who probably like They know who's who. Yeah, they probably targeted this at like Mid teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Who's like millennial or not even mid teenagers, but like maybe like tw- maybe, but pre-teen. people's parents who grew up watching this, you yes, know what I'm saying? yes, Probably when they were in their 20s, right? Yeah, like I have friends with kids who are uh, friends around my age with kids who are like you know maybe 12 years old at the most, and because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm near 30 now, and um, mm-hmm. and they uh, I agree, man, that's a, that's a I feel like we're really kind of ping ponging well on, on this. Mm-hmm. on this yeah, uh, episode like I, I that's a great point i agree with you that it's probably made for the children you know who might be rolling their eyes at the original because their parents are into it and parents aren't cool and it's dated as shit yeah. like some fucking 15 year old doesn't want to watch something from the 90s because no. it doesn't make any sense yeah that's the thing with these with this genre is all it, 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 you're writing the pop culture references these days. Friends wasn't even that dated. Friends wasn't even just like talking politics about like your current senator and like the current political climate, you know. But like nowadays, multicams have gotten to the point where it's just like, what's you know, what's gonna, what's a cheap broad joke that's gonna make everybody laugh? I guess. And that's it's part of the genre. Um, yeah, man. I don't know as. As a TV show, like, considering all the other options I have right now, considering, you know, even in the sitcom realm, we've got Brooklyn Nine-Nine, we've got New Girl, you know, comparing it to all these other, like I said, I I keep saying, I, uh, this is the last time I'll say it, but I lean, I like the single cam way more, maybe it's because I, I'm sick of having grown up with laugh tracks and stuff like that, but, but uh, with all my other options, I would say, yeah, three and a half blindfolds, as... In the genre that it's in, handling club. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Spoke too soon. I'm not done yet. In the genre that it's in, I think, I think it's closer to two. We're probably we're ballpark buds. Three blindfolds. Fuck yeah! I was hoping you'd say three. Yeah, it's. I had to average it out. Like, I. For me, the nostalgia—I fa- had to put the nostalgia factor on the back burner because otherwise, it would have been closer to one and a half or two. But- I legitimately think that three three blindfolds is a good, fair score. Yeah. I feel like neither of us were too hard on it. We took it for what it was. Mm-hmm. But I could I could legitimately see someone who's a fan of the show giving it a higher score. Oh like, sure, probably yeah. saying it's like a four or five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I I do I wish that the first time that we ever referred to these characters was with the original series. I wish that it wasn't with the reboot. Like, 
Yeah, me too, honestly. I'm pretty positive we'd be giving it a way better review. I'm not going to... I think so, too. I think I'd be giving it a way better review because you have to literally think about it in the time that it it was made. It was made in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But since we're ballpark buds, we're both sitting kind of in the middle. Uh Uh-huh. We can move into our next segment now. Uh, The Doug Original segment. For this one... (laughs) Yeah, an unoriginal segment. No, I, I said a Doug Original Oh, which I guess is a play on an unoriginal segment. <laughs> I guess. I didn't even think about that, but thank you for the credit. We're just, uh, we're gonna, for this one episode, we're gonna rip off How Did This Get Made, and we'll retitle this segment later. We're gonna call this, for this one episode, Second Opinions. <laughs> oh boy, we're sued. <laughs> yeah, we're sued. We're, we're sued by all our, all our idols, though. That's not so bad. We get to meet them in court. Yeah, yeah, that that's great. Yeah, in or at court. least they're lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, since we're both sitting in the middle, I'm gonna read a couple really positive ones, okay, good. and then a couple really shitty ones. Very good. You know what I like I'm saying? This. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll keep it fair. So, um, let me. Uh, all right. Here's a. This is coming from Metacritic.com. Okay. Yep. Good reference. The first. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read the first uh, ten. Like, this show is fucking perfect rating. Okay. This is from user Astoria Avish. After the very politically driven first episode, I was a little concerned that maybe that would be the direction of the show continued. Okay. Oh. I like that. Yeah. No, this. Yeah. yeah. Now, after six episodes, it's clearly not focusing on the political climate, and I'm laughing just as loud as I ever did, if not harder, every Aww. Thursday night. I just got than goosebumps I did with the original run. I, that's nice. I fuck with that. That yeah. that gives me a, a little bit of hope. Yeah. Not too much hope that it took her six episodes to like be like, okay, they're Truth. not leaning on this yeah. anymore. So they obviously lean on it a little bit. Yeah. She was as sour as us, if not more sour towards the pilot, it sounds like, but she stuck with it for, so there's something keeping her hooked for six episodes. That in itself, you know, and then it paid off also. So that's, that's encouraging. I like that. And, um, I've got, do you want to, do you want another good one before we, we'll do two positives, two, yeah, two like positives, that. two negatives? Let's do that. All right. Here's another 10 out of 10 rating from user man with two A's. <laughs> Man. Man. Um, I'm really loving this new season. The first episode was like they were searching... God damn it. This text is so small. I apologize. You're good, man. You're good. You're good. And I'm also not a trained public reader. (laughs) Neither of us are. Well, I'm an actor. You're an actor. (laughs) Um, In the theater. In the theater. Oh, my God. So this is from user man. I'm really loving the new season. The first episode was like they were searching for which way they should go, but after that, I'm really enjoying it and the humor in it. I also like that they have each episode a little learning. They, each episode has a little learning experience. Okay. I can't wait to see more. Excellent. Ten out of ten. Wow. Okay. All right. That's you know. It's not. It doesn't sound like those people are like super fans that are going to love whatever comes their way. It sounds like they're being somewhat objective. I like I like those those are encouraging reviews. Now note that this these are like these are our mostly reviews of like the whole season, not just the pilot. Episode. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. 
That's a good. Um, yeah. Nobody else does what we do, where we only talk about pilot episodes. It's a it weird. It looks like the the zero the zero ratings are where the pi- like where people stopped. Okay. Is the pilot episode? Uh, okay. Okay. This review comes from user har one 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 nine five seven. Really looked forward to the new Will and Grace. I saw the first episode and was disappointed. The whole episode was one one liner after another. Mm. Did not feel like they were telling a story. Lost mm. my interest, and I don't plan on watching it again. That's fair. I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong either. As a pilot episode, it sounds like maybe yeah. maybe he would have liked it more if he continued. Yeah, it's possible, yeah. He or she. Um, okay. This one is more leaning on the actual characters. Okay, okay, okay. This is from user Nameless. Nameless? Oh, show yourself. Name yourself. No, like it actually says Nameless. <laughs> oh, that's his username is Nameless. Or her username. Okay. Um, I loved this show when it was first on. Couldn't wait for the release. Why did the narcissism not bother me back then? These characters are so full of themselves. It feels like at times they may be channeling their real life personalities. Will not tune back in. Haterade. Woof. Chugging some Haterade. Woof. Haterade with some Haterade on the side. I didn't feel that they were super narcissistic. Yeah, I and I narcissism is, is hilarious and wonderful in a comedy setting like Always Sunny. Um, yeah, exactly. Fargo, you know, like come on, get out of here, nameless. We're naming you. Get out of here, nameless. I'm gonna call him fuck boy. Get out of here, fuck boy. Yeah. Could be fuck girl. If you if you're choosing not to give us a name, I'm gonna name you for you, fuck boy. Yeah. So. Doug will name you. Yeah, and it's not going to be a pleasant name. This is your new Christian name. We're contacting your parents. We're gonna we're gonna rename you legally. You're now fuckboy, which isn't a bad name. Uh, It's definitely not something you want to be, though. Well, I think rape boy might be worse. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what they call Brock Turner? Oh, yep. Rape boy. What a piece of shit that guy is. Um, what's our last segment? Oh, last segment's rewatches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do I've got you, one. Do you want to plug 3% again just to keep what? keep the fucking train rolling? Dude, how did you know that? Doug, you stole my thunder. <laughs> Edgar, here's my edit point. So, I, um, I saw this new show... It's in Brazilian Portuguese, Portuguese Brasileiro. Oh, fucking Christ! It's it's like kind of a mind fuck. Like it really Something makes you tells think. Me you're gonna keep keep bringing this up until I actually watch it. Nah, nah. I'll always <laughs> keep bringing it up. I won't stop once you watch it. Um, it's really good. It's worth watching over and over and binging and then slowly binging and then quickly binging and then binging at a normal pace and then watching it again. Um, it's called. Utres Pusenchu, or, uh, I don't think I said that right, or, it's 3%, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, I think they, it's new enough to where no, nobody's gonna Caleb. get this. tell me yeah. all about it. Oh, well, you asked, so. God, fuck. Um, the, the most interesting character in the first season to me, her name is Joanna, and, oh, Raphael, or Rafael, is very interesting as well. It's a very complex, a lot of gray characters, a lot of in-between, a lot of shifting of sides, a lot of interesting dynamics. 
it's just it'll fuck your mind it'll actually stick a penis inside your ear and it'll pop out the other side that's how you know that your mind has been fucked that is a long dick that's a long one that's like a scary long dick like if i like saw that in person if i saw Mm -hmm. that dick in person you'd scream i would probably shudder in terror i would probably lick it Mainly for my head and every other vagina that that dick has ever been in. <laughs> it's your head is a vagina. Every other vagina. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, it's just like uh, those people did not walk right again after after no. that penis. Oh, and yeah. The thing is, I have, I have done some research. The largest penis in existence is like 18 inches long, which is fucking horrifying. That'll be the, uh, the art for today's episode. It's just an 18-inch dick? Yep. Yeah. That, that makes sense, yeah. There's plenty of pictures of that guy out there, for sure. Makes makes sense, yeah. Um, but makes, makes on the, to step out of the bit for a second, which is very out of character, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like these new antidepressants I'm on. They have me acting really normal for me. Shit, I can tell. Take them more often. <laughs> <sighs> I should quit. I should go back to being <laughs> mentally unstable. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here promoting you to stay on those meds. <laughs> Oh boy! It so keeps I our stop. podcast on I track. Go cold turkey. I'm way too functional in society yeah, right t- now. I can tell. I love it. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Um, I love it. An actual rewatch for me though is Comedy Bing Bong, aka Comedy Bing Bang Bang. Bing Bong. I like Bing Bong more. With um, with Hot Saucerman, aka Scott Ackerman. These are all. Wait, these are wait, all very. Wait, wait, wait. Just, does he actually call himself a hot saucerman? Well, every every episode of the TV, so it's a podcast and a TV show. I'm, I'm referring to the to the TV show because this isn't re, recent re listens, but yeah. um, in every episode of the TV show, whenever he says it, it's it's a absurdist um, talk show format. So whenever he says I'm Scott, I'm your host Scott Ackerman, at the bottom of the screen, it's almost a Tim and Eric thing. It'll be like. A blatant misspelling or like a, a pseudonym oh, yeah. that sounds similar. Yeah, kind of like the Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd be like, I'm Scott Ackerman, and at the bottom it'll say, Hot Saucerman or Stop Watcherman. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I, I, I fuck with Scott Ackerman. He's funny. Yeah. So that's um, my rewatch. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually watched that with you for the very first time. That's right. When you were living on my couch. Back in when yeah. I was a little trampy couch boy. That was when you, I, I could be wrong, but it seemed like whenever you were watching that at my house, it seemed like the first time you discovered it. You, you might be right. Because I remember coming home one day and you were like maybe a couple episodes into, this was like when only the first season was on Netflix. Yeah. And I sat down with you and I was like, this is good. Reggie like Wass was still in it. Now Weird yeah, Al Yankovic yeah. is the new band leader. They had Kid Cudi as the band leader for a season or two. That's wild. Yeah. Cool. He was on every episode. Huh. Weird. It's worth checking out. He's a out. good actor. Kid Cudi's a good actor. He for is. Real. Yeah. He was in that. He was in the HBO series. How did this get? Or not? How did this get made? Made in America. Made in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was really good in that. I just saw him in uh, an episode of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Really good in that too. Have Kid Cudi and Drake ever acted opposite each other? I don't think so. They should get that them in the awesome, new. Though. In that new Degrassi reboot that's on Netflix, they should get them too in there. Wait, time out. Ooh, what? Is there an actual Degrassi reboot? Yeah, it's called uh, Degrassi High. So there's Degrassi, Degrassi: The Next Generation. I think it is okay. it called Degrassi High. It's something. It's about. 
I don't know. It's good. If you like Degrassi, it's good. If you don't like Degrassi... I mean, I love Degrassi, but, like, are they... When I say reboot, are they, like, bringing back all the original characters just with new actors? That's a good point. That's a good distinction. They're in... So, the principal... I don't remember his original character's name, but he's from the original series. The principal of the school, of the high school. And then um, they have an episode with, like, a... uh, it's like a, a class reunion or uh, an alumni thing, and they have like it's cool to see them all. Like they have all these. You Are you know, sure characters. you're not talking about Saved by the Bell? No, I'm positive. I'm talking I just Degrassi. don't remember the principal and Degrassi being a, a big character. No, in the new one, in the new one, he's he's a kid in the original. So one of the kids, oh, yeah, one of the kids one in the, of the original kids series, grew up and he's he, he grew principal. up, and now he's the principal of the, of the school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. That's a really interesting way to go about it. Isn't yeah. So it's, I wouldn't really call that a reboot as more of an extension on the That's good. Series. Yeah, it's not a reboot. Yeah, you're right. Cuz like they kind of kept Degrassi like Degrassi Next Generation went for like years. Yeah. Past. This isn't as good as either of the originals. Well, cuz they like kept killing off people. Yeah. And or like having them like move on because like you're not going to be hanging around with your high school buds forever. You know exactly, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. This isn't nearly as good as the original. I'll say that. It's not It's not close to as good as either Degrassi or The Next Generation. But it's okay. like, if that's your, if you like that stuff, you know, you can, you can appreciate this. Is this like on Netflix now? Yeah. Maybe I'll have to check that out. Hmm. Okay. I'll say, I'll say this. In my defense, give it three episodes before okay. you yeah. hate it. And then that's- if you hate it, that's fine. No, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, What's your rewatches? I don't have any rewatches. I actually just, I finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine and just hit play on the pilot as soon as I was done. Yes, nice. <laughs> but, uh, so you did rewatch it then. That counts. I, I, I am rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, I just wouldn't, like, call it that because, like, there was no gap. in Like, I literally finished the last episode of season five and was like, all right, just... It, this is easy. I don't need to like look for something new or anything. So I just yeah. play. Yeah. I guess I did start. I did watch a, a little bit of like uh, uh, the new season of It's Always Sunny. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, which is really good. Yeah, um, always good. But recently, I mean, uh, I guess I don't have many like legitimate rewatches. But I will say that I've. I will shout out some podcasts that I've been listening yeah, to. I suppose. I was I was thinking about making that a segment. That's great. Yeah. What what podcast you listen to? Well, I've I've been listening to how did this to get ma- how did this get made with Jason mm-hmm. Manzukis and Paul Shear and uh, and uh, June Diane Rayfield. Uh, yes, Diane Rayfield. I was trying to think of her her names because I know she's married to Paul Shear, but they don't yeah. have the same last. That name. would be a triple hyphen if they did that one. Yeah, crazy. Diane um, Rayfield Shear. But I've been watching that, and that has really been what has spurred me to start watching movies again. Oh, nice. You know wow. Which is, which is cool. Interesting. Not necessarily completely trash movies, you know what I'm saying? But just movies in general. Yeah. This is... I'm just having a brain fart right now. Like, I, I don't know why this is on my mind, but who recommended that you should listen to that podcast? You did. What? Did you I? You did. Yeah. What? Yeah, huh. you were like, "Hey, you should check this out," and I was like, "All right," and I checked it out, and I loved it. I, I listened. See, now it sounds like I was setting myself up for I was fishing for compliments, <laughs> but that's not the case at all. I hey, just forgot. Caleb has good taste in podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it, it has like prompted me to watch more movies, which is like fun because it kind of gets me out of that loop of watching TV shows. Right. Yeah. Um. 
But I'd start I this morning I listened to the first episode of a, a podcast called Blacklist Table Reads. Have you ever heard of that? No. So the blacklist is this thing that has been circul- circulating around Hollywood for years, apparently. Uh-huh. And every Sorry, year keep it's going, new. Keep going. Um, <laughs> Caleb's getting up and confusing the living shit out of me. Sorry, right man. Now. I gotta grab. Hold on. Keep going. <laughs> I gotta grab a charger. Yeah, you're fine. Keep I, vamping. Um, keep vamping. So the blacklist uh, table read. The blacklist is a list of uh, scripts that have that will literally just never get made. Ever. People are just like, we aren't going to make these. So they end up getting circulated around on a list amongst writers and other things like that. Uh, Showrunners, you know, it's things to like, it's, it's what people used as like downtime fodder, you know, for for a laugh. So what, what Blacklist Table Read is, is they get a bunch of actors together to sit down and actually read all the parts for these movies. Which is really fun, and they they like take it serious and like actually do it justice. Like they're yeah 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 like you they're actually doing it. they're reading all of the uh, stage directions they you know all of it, which is it's funny because like the first episode or the first movie they do is this incredibly raunchy movie that that was written by two legitimate writers. You know what I'm saying? One of the writers is did a Stanford Prison Experiment. And um, the other writer is the lead writer on um, Empire, ABC's Empire. Oh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it Imp- is it ABC or is it Fox? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I think it's ABC. Uh, yeah, well, it, he writes Empire. And wow. this movie, like, came out, or they wrote it during the time while all the writers were on strike. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just wrote this ridiculously raunchy, like, overly raunchy movie called Balls Out. Okay, okay. And it's it's just ridiculous. I've only listened to the first episode. They kind of broke the movie up into like four parts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it had it they Paul Shear, Jason Mansukis, um a couple other recognizable names and voices, but they're actually reading the entire movie. Wow, very cool. And it's hilarious. I like that. And it's really interesting cuz it's a way for these movies to be heard by okay. people who are outside of the industry. Very cool. I like that a lot. It's another it's, it's like a service production. They they ended it though, and I was, I was real real kind of bummed about. Yeah, but um, but I uh, I I mean it's over, so you have this whole back catalog to go listen right. to. You know what I'm saying? Without yeah. having to worry about like catching up. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought I found it really funny. Honestly, that's great, man. I'm gonna check. I was that listening out. to it while I was at work, and I was like. <laughs> And the way they like pick the roles, like Jason Mantzoukas, like fits his role perfectly. Nice. <laughs> like, like I could see him playing that role. <laughs> if the movie got made. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's. I, I, I would. I would suggest checking that out if if you like movies and you're you're interested in hearing a movie that will probably never get made. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying. How did this not get made? Yeah. How did this <laughs> not get made? And, I, and if you listen to them read balls out you'll be like oh i know why this didn't get made <laughs> like immediately <laughs> so they would be discussing this either on blacklist or how did this get made if it got made or not get made yeah exactly um yeah i, I would suggest blacklist table reads i actually heard about that as a it was an ad on how did this get made oh like paul shear was yeah. paul shear was promoting it 
Very cool. And I was like, that's interesting. Uh, I've, it's on Spotify, so you can you know find it really easily. Very cool. Is it on iTunes too? I would imagine so. It's Earwolf, yeah. so I would I'm imagine it's it everywhere. Very cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Any Anything else you want to touch on before we go? Um, no. No. I'm going to save good? it for next time. All right, I'm sne- cool. I'm going to sneak attack you. I'm, I'm Babe Ruth calling my <sighs> shot right now. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, yeah. well, it's this bad. has been another episode of Blind Pilots, everybody. I'm Caleb Bro. I'm Doug K. And fuck off, everyone. God, fuck you listeners. You're pissing me off. Yeah, they're the worst. You can find Blind Pilots on Instagram at Blind Pilots Podcast. Also, our artwork is by Cameron Del Rosario. You can find him on Instagram at Cam Del Rosario, and our music is by Dirt Doctrine. Goodbye. A post-Christian production. Collaborating with We Busy But Creative Podcasts.